Hello, everybody out there in Cyberland. Welcome to my podcast or my pod talk, my pod couch. I don't know which sounds best. What do you think? I'm looking for a name for my podcast on my label or my podcast label or album. I came up with a cover and I used my alias, uh, what did I, what is my alias? <laughs> Splendid Sage Talks. Maybe it should be Speaks. Splendid Sage Speaks. But anyway, I need um, a name for this venue. Uh, maybe you can help me come up with one. You can inbox me or email me. And um, if I choose your name or the name that you come up with, how about I gift you with a like a $10 gift card, or um, I can waive the consultation fee <laughs> on one of my services. How about that? Okay, hold me to that, all right? Um, let's get to why we're all here, the reason why we're all here anyway. And our subject today that I'd like to talk to you about is the subject of procrastination. What is procrastination? Let's talk about it. Um, Procrastination, what is it? It is the act of delaying. That's one definition. Or postponing something, to postpone, to put off, to uh, stall to dither, uh, to hesitate, to pause. Did I say put off? Yeah, I did. But there are other cliches to describe it. Uh, Dilly-dallying is pretty popular. Uh, Hemming and hawing, as a friend of mine says, but I've learned that it's humming and hawing uh, is the correct cliche. But to continue, procrastination is just the um, the action of putting off something intentionally, intentionally, or to putting off habitually, or intentionally putting something off, and that's something that needs to be done. It's the doing of the something that needs to be done. The putting off doing of anything or that's something which needs to be done. Yeah, so I remember, um, I have a story for you. I remember a couple of years ago when I worked with United Health Group that we had these yearly, um, I forget what they call them, but we had these yearly conferences and they would fly us to different venues. Um, It was their way of paying back or paying it forward, I don't know. But um, we really got treated. I think um, the last place or the last venue was with United Health for me anyway. Was um, oh Las Vegas, Nevada? Yes, and I stayed at Caesar's Palace. Oh my God! I think my room was on like the forty-something or the sixty-something floor. It's an absolutely gorgeous room overlooking the uh, the Las Vegas desert. 
and the strip it was just so amazing the lights it was just so beautiful the room in itself in and of itself the bathroom was actually it the tub was actually a jet it had jets and everything it was just an amazing time but during that conference i had the opportunity to meet a lady by the name of mel robbins who is now a published author a few times over uh, she's done a couple of ted talks and i believe she has a channel on youtube and her focal point is procrastination why because i guess she was you know the master at procrastinating until she devised a plan or some strategy which she put in her book <clears throat> to help other people overcome theirs their um issue with uh, procrastination she said that um hers was you know she's not a morning person and she struggled most mornings to get out of bed and to just you know live her life but um you know she was failing at it every day until she implemented uh, a countdown she said that um it just came to her she had an epiphany and she remembered the i think she said the television was on if i'm not mistaken and she heard like a countdown for i think a rocket was scheduled to take off to into the moon or something like that and they proceeded to i think she woke up or she tuned in when she heard 5 4 3 2 1 and then in her head it was a call to action and that's exactly what she did she just jumped up and then she used this countdown each and every day going forward to get herself out of bed and it worked she said somehow that the countdown was able to change um her precortex or the cerebral cortex what have you and to help train it that whenever she counted down from five four three in her head that it helped her to it propelled her up you know so uh that's huge she also went on to say that there were three triggers or there was a three-part trigger she said that we should steer away from attaching procrastination or to being a procrastinator to a character or as a personality trait she says it's not it's neither of the two what it is she says is a habit and habits are we're able to change habits or mend habits right so i think that's a good uh, perspective and that's a new way of a novel way of uh, seeing things or seeing procrastination she said that the parts that triggered or that triggers, I'm sorry, procrastination for most people is stress. The stress of having something or that something to do, no matter how big or small. She said the second was a pattern of avoidance, avoiding that thing. And then the reward would be the release of stress once that thing is accomplished. So, yeah. She said the first step into um, realizing some modicum of success would be to acknowledge the stress and then 
Maybe you can implement her countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Boom. Action. Roll into action. <laughs> okay. Um, to continue on, there is um, a book, or actually, I think he's a psychologist. His name is Neil Fiore. And um, he penned a book uh, titled The Now Habit. And he defined procrastination as a mechanism for coping with, with the anxiety that's associated with starting or completing tasks. He goes on to say that there are <clears throat> different um, types of procrastination. And he gives advice as to how to beat them. So I'm just going to quickly go through the four types of procrastination types, or for the four types of procrastination, if you will. The first is, and then we could talk about each of them at length, and you could see which one that you, that describes you. <laughs> okay, um, the first one is the anxious procrastination, or anxious procrastination. The second is fun procrastination. The third, plenty of time in quotes procrastination and the fourth is the perfectionist procrastination okay so going back to the first he says um the anxious procrastination type uh he says that or he suggests actually that people who procrastinate are a lot, they, they're usually bad at managing their time and often end up scheduling in more work than they, that they can actually do, leaving no time for fun, activities, or even resting. And as a result, he says that not fulfilling these um, expectations causes stress and anxiety which some people do or deal with by procrastinating. So his recommendation is <clears throat> to unschedule it. He recommends filling in your schedule with fun activities and rest first before scheduling any work. Uh, that's a caveat. I can't come up with an example for that, but maybe I can. I know I had these positive podcast or my goal is to put out two podcasts a week and I'd like to do it ideally before Friday so here I am on a Thursday night recording this podcast <laughs> appropriately entitled procrastination <laughs> yeah so um I thought about it all week and I thought about what subject, actually I had come up with the idea of the procrastination subject much earlier, but I didn't know how to frame it or exactly what I would be uh, highlighting to use as a reference for the discussion. But here it is, I found uh, several things, things that I feel that I could pass on to you that can help you if you struggle with procrastination or the habit of procrastination <laughs> okay um, 
The second type of procrastination is the fun procrastination. And these people have a mindset that they'd rather be doing anything other than that one dreaded task. Okay? And um, in their mind, they're thinking, oh, there's so many things I could be doing in place of this thing, you know? Or this project, this deadline, whatever. And um, they could combat it or they can beat it, as Neil Fiore says, by unscheduling methods or using the unscheduling method to fill in your schedule with fun activities and even to rest before scheduling any work, you know? which will give you a chance to relax and prevent you from over-scheduling or just not uh, keeping up or in line with uh, the schedule. So um, that makes sense. I think I could do that. If I know I have something to do, what I can do is uh, schedule the thing. And then before I sit down to get it done, I would schedule myself maybe some free time, whether I use that free time on the internet or some fun activity, some reading or something to help me um, use it as a segue to getting my goal accomplished. I I think I could do that. What about you? The third type, moving right along, (laughs) the third type of procrastination is the plenty of time procrastination. And um, this uh, personality type sees that the deadline is far off and they have maybe um, at least an item they've been putting off for weeks, if not months, And it's uh, something you want to do and you know it will make things better in the long term, but you keep putting it off. So to combat that, uh, Neil suggests in the book or Mr. Fiore suggests in the book that we need to set our own deadlines. And in so doing, by setting our own deadlines and then announcing it or sharing it publicly you won't will you will not only get the project done well you won't uh not only get the work done but you will be able to get the work done early and surprisingly enough you'll do a really good job at it so like a public announcement is almost the fact that you're announcing it publicly it's almost like a commitment that you keep you're keeping in actuality so you could almost like use whoever it is that you're sharing the information with as um an accountability partner if you will and it motivate it'll motivate you to meet the deadline because you know I don't know about you but I know in my circle if I mention anything to anybody I'm going to be getting a phone call or if I talk to that person, 
I know I'm going to be questioned as to, oh, by the way, did you, well, how did you do on so-and-so? That usually is the, you know, the direction of the conversation. And it forces me to be accountable. I know I've done it quite a few times in the past, you know. Um, especially uh, as I was launching my business, I had an accountability partner, actually. And there were things that I needed to do on my end to make sure that I had my ducks in a row. I had to do my due diligence and that accountability partner would ask me or question me when we spoke day to day, how is that coming along? And that helped quite a bit. So um, that's a really good strategy uh, to help. Uh, the last um, procrastination type is the perfectionist procrastinator. Um, I think that's me. <laughs> I can so identify with this because I'm constantly striving for the best and I'm, you know, I criticize my own work. I even criticize my voice, how it plays back. Not really criticize, but I critique my voice, how it plays back, how it sounds to me, you know, during playback. And I wind up doing and redoing my podcasts like over and over and over again until it meets my quote unquote perfectionist standards. And I mean, it really never does. I usually wind up going back and selecting maybe the first or the second one. <laughs> so, I mean, having done it, putting and all that effort to get it done and going back, well, getting it done over and over and over again and then going back to selecting the first one. Yeah, the perfectionist uh, procrastination type. Okay, um, I can also submit that it can be overwhelming because, I mean, you have your goal in mind, you know, um, what you got to do. But because the vision is so large in your mind and you've already mapped out every detail of it before, you know, you can, before it can even manifest into reality and those details can be overwhelming, you know, and it could stagnate you. It could paralyze you, essentially. I know it had, it paralyzed me in the past, but, um, Let's go ahead and just talk about how or what strategy Neil Fiore used to beat it. By the way, um, he brought in a philosophy professor, which is an emeritus from uh, Stanford University. His name is John Perry, and he thinks that procrastinating can actually be a good thing for, for perfectionist types. And he says, he goes on to say, as long as they have a lot of time to do the task, they could fantasize about doing a perfect job and leaving it until the last minute as a way of merely giving themselves permission to do an adequate job. But he says 99% of the time, a merely adequate job is essentially all that's needed, you know? So maybe it is it can be a good thing. 
You know, I know a lot of the times when I was in graduate school, I put a lot of effort into certain projects. And when it came time to roll them out or in the aftermath of everything, I'm always like analyzing what could have been, what I could have done better or what I could do um, differently in the future, you know? And um, hindsight is always twenty twenty, you know? And there's really nothing to anything but just to do it. I think Steve Harvey said in one of his shows that you just gotta jump. You know, forget about the what ifs. And um, I remember somebody referring to all those conversations that we have in our minds that paralyze us or prevent us from doing things. Um, Who called it lizard brain? I think it was um, uh, Rosetta Thurman. She's a speaker, uh, coach, mentor. And I think I attended one of her Manifest Your Vision workshops in Clearwater, Florida, and it was really effective. And I was able to, you know, network with a lot of females that, you know, wanted the same things that I did, but... um We had the commonality of either a failure to launch or um, not really being that clear about how, the how, or the when, or with what resources, you know, all those things. And she really was effective as a coach to helping us identify the glitches or those things that prevented you from getting the job done. She was really effective in that um, respect. But anyway, um, folks, that's all I have for you today. I um, hope that this has helped you identify some strategies that you can utilize in your own life when it comes to uh, getting things done. Even the simple things, even if it's just like Mel Robbins says, getting out of bed in the mornings. Because I know a lot of people, myself included, I'm not a morning person. I remember I used to have to be at the hospital at 7 a.m. or even before. You know, on the floor, before 7, ready to go. And it's not easy. It's still dark outside. You, You know, there's lot of traffic on the road. Your vision isn't the same as it used to be. There are a lot of variables in that equation, you know, but we get through. There's a way we, you know, a way is always made miraculously. (laughs) But anyway, I hope this little chat helped you. Um, I pray that it has blessed you and uh, I look forward to our next talk on the red podcast couch (laughs) um godspeed and god bless shalom